and welcome to day 12 of 30 Days of Terror. How you do? Hope you are all keeping safe and well and not sick of hearing our voices just yet. Yeah, I wonder how many people will get to like day six and go, eh, enough of this shit. I do wonder, yeah, or how many people are going, God, I mean, I did enjoy listening to their podcast, but not every fucking day. But at least for, you know, people, they'll have a bit of a, a back catalogue of episodes to listen to. Backlog. Which is exciting. Is so that I've a backlog, like a catalogue? No, I think just a backlog. Yeah. But not a catalogue. But backlog is a word that we could coin. Mm. We could trademark that phrase. Trademark TM. R-O-G-S. 2020. So I've got two stories for you today. And story number one comes from Parker. Let me preface this story by telling you that I'm an 8 foot 7 inch 430 <laughs> 435 pound special forces hand to hand combat specialist that isn't legally allowed to take weapons onto the battlefield because the marines think it would be an unfair fight. <laughs> Okay, joke over. I'm none of those things. I'm a very average guy, minus being ginger. I just enjoy that Emma hates the whole height and weight thing that we do every time we think we need to prove how tough we are. But anyway, here's my story. So the last time you heard from me, I was being chased out of my brother-in-law's family vacation house by a dapper-looking smoke monster in an old hat. That whole thing was not my favourite experience ever. But wait, there's more. My next experience takes place while working my exciting new job in the pest control industry. As you can imagine, the pest control industry is just as glamorous as everyone thinks. I get to meet interesting new hoarders of things, discover the wonders of crawl spaces and what treasures they hold, and climb into the darkest attics on the most insecure ladders in search of wasp nests, ants, giant spiders, mice, and so much more. There are your odd, extremely clean homes, but most are cluttered, dark, and full of bugs. The house that this took place in is no different, except for the fact that it was also haunted. My morning starts the same, as it always does in this job. I went to the office in my work truck, filled my sprayers with various insecticides, picked up my route for the day, and was on my way. The first few jobs were the usual, sweeping the eaves, spraying around the outside of the house with insecticide, checking rodent stations for bait and filling out paperwork. In between jobs, I would listen to podcasts or music while driving to my next location. Around midday, I typed an address into my GPS and followed the directions to find that it was next to a large junkyard. Pulling up the very long winding gravel driveway, I was surprised to see how massive this house turned out to be. The house itself was at least 5,000 square feet, with a detached four-car garage. I've treated much larger homes, but they usually housed an entire family. This house, however, was occupied only by a very old woman and her small dog. As it turns out, the woman that lived in the house also owned the junkyard. While treating the outside of the house, the woman followed me around, as some customers tend to do, giving me her entire life story. I was listening as well as I could do, while trying to do my job in the middle of the summer heat, probably somewhere around 105 degrees, in the shade. And I heard her tell me that her husband had died on the property a few years ago. 
There had been an accident with one of the vehicle crushing machines and you can probably guess what happened. She also mentioned that since they had both owned the junkyard for many years, they had become collectors of various knickknacks. This was always code for they had a shitload of weird stuff in the house, which I learned when she asked if I could treat inside as well. Inside the house, I was greeted by an overwhelming amount of Christmas decorations. Multiple fully decorated fake trees, porcelain Christmas villages, tons of nativity scenes scattered around, and worst of all, hundreds of nutcrackers. I mean, shelves full of these horrific things. One of which I absolutely crushed my head on while I was looking down working. So anyway, I started working my way through the house, treating the baseboards with spider-killing insecticide. And the old lady tells me to just do this floor, the top floor. And she'll be down in the basement where it was a bit cooler. The house was swelteringly hot. There was no air conditioning, the windows were closed, there was no fans. It was easily as hot in the house as it was outside. Miserable. But at least I only had to do this floor. And then I could go out into my truck that had AC. So now I'm alone in this house where I'm possibly getting heat stroke and I have all of these creepy ass nutcrackers staring at me. So it's time to work fast. Once I've done the living room, kitchen, dining room, sunken living area and office, I finally make my way to the last hallway of the upstairs. There are four rooms, two on each side of the hallway. The farthest right side room had the door closed. So I start with the open doors on the left. The first room was just a storage room, with a bunch of boxes and some stuff against the walls. I go around the baseboards with my sprayer, following the right-hand wall. As I'm moving around the room, I start to hear something, like footsteps, above, and slightly behind me. They were so faint that I thought they might be coming from downstairs. But when I stopped to listen, they stopped too. I started moving again, and there they were, tap, tap, tapping, just behind and above me. I hurry to finish the storage room and head out into the hallway, to find that the door that was previously closed on the opposite side of the hall is now open. But the faint footsteps were gone. Weird, I think to myself. Maybe I just didn't notice it it wasn't closed all the way. I head into the next left side room. This room turned out to be a bedroom that looked as though it hadn't been used in years. There were a few knickknacks on the dresser, but nowhere near as cluttered as the rest of the house. I move around the room, following the right-hand wall again. As I get near the closet on the far side of the room, I start hearing those footsteps again. Still ever so faint, and still above and slightly behind me. I try to ignore them and hurry to finish, but when I take my next step towards the closet, I'm hit with a blast of cold, like I had just stepped into a freezer. It literally chilled me to my core, to the point that I started sweating bullets and shivering almost immediately. I take a step back, and I'm back into the oven that was the rest of the house. I try to take a step forward again, but there it is, this patch of freezing cold air. There were no fans and no vents near this spot. Plus, 
air conditioning didn't seem to exist in this house, so why was it so cold? The footsteps continued with me, backwards and forwards, stopping when I stopped, starting when I took another step. I decided to just push my way through this frozen spot. I just had to get my work done and get out of there. As I continued through the cold spot, I suddenly felt like I was being watched. First being followed, and now being stared at by some invisible eyes. I just have to get through these last few rooms and then I can go, I thought to myself. And by some force of will, I got through the cold spot and was now on the other side of it, back in the miserable heat of the summer. As soon as I made it through the other side of the cold spot, I heard the footsteps running from me, to the other side of the hallway and through the wall behind me. This time, not so faint. They were clearly audible, heavy footsteps coming from above me, which shouldn't be possible as there was no floor above me. I heard them go through the other side of the hall and then stop. Unfortunately for me, I needed to go exactly where they went. As I came out of the bedroom, I saw the door that had been previously closed, or maybe open a crack, was wide open. And I realised that this was where the footsteps went. I had to go in there and finish my job. Taking one step towards that room from the hallway, the door slammed shut right in front of me. An overwhelming sense of dread washed over me as I felt a presence suddenly appear right behind me. All the hairs on my arms, legs and the back of my neck sprang up like needles. Goosebumps covered my entire body. I could feel breath on the back of my neck and a massive weight on my shoulders to the point that I didn't think I could continue standing. I didn't know what to do. So I just blurted out, I'm only here to help. The nice old lady doesn't like bugs, so I'm getting rid of them for her. I mean no harm in this house. The presence lingered for a couple of seconds, which felt like hours. The doorknob in front of me slowly turned and the door swung open. And then the presence faded away. The footsteps moved slowly and faintly down the hall towards the stairs the old lady had gone down and then disappeared. The weight was lifted. My hair laid back down and the feelings of dread and being watched dimmed in my mind. I treated those last two rooms in a matter of seconds and was out of the house in under a minute. I don't think I took a breath again until I was back in my work truck. I couldn't even walk back to the door and leave her invoice for her, so I just took it with me to the office to mail it later. I'm definitely never going back to that house again. I'd rather just quit my job. Yeah. Don't blame you, Parker. Definitely wouldn't be going back either, to be honest. Um, That's like something out of a horror film. Yeah. Like it really is, isn't it? But maybe it was just her... Maybe it was just her husband looking after her. Yeah, making sure she was okay. Yeah. I mean, if if you were this little old woman on her own mm. in this massive rambling house and some random man appears, like obviously her husband would want to look out for her. Yeah. I'd like to think it was her husband. And a younger man as well. Like it's more intimidating, isn't it? Yeah. If it had been like an elderly gentleman with a walker. Yeah, maybe less intimidating. 
Maybe that's just what was happening. And especially if he's eight foot seven and four hundred thirty five pounds yeah, and, a, a and big, an expert at hand to hand combat. It's a big man, isn't it? You know, that it is, is a big, big man. man. <laughs> Um, so maybe that's what it was I also would not be dealing with all those nutcrackers I don't find them as scary as dolls but en masse they are freaky looking there's um, a Christmas shop in Stratford-on-Avon I think yeah I think it is in Stratford-on-Avon and I think it's called the Nutcracker and like that it is the freakiest thing you've ever seen because when you go in the summer and everything else is like Shakespeare, Shakespeare, Shakespeare. And then in the middle of all that Shakespeare, you've got like hundreds of nutcrackers. It's yeah. the most bizarre thing. Just so strange. Mm. I don't know why anyone would want, would want to collect them, really. I also want to doff my cap to Parker for doing a pest control job because I couldn't handle the rats. I couldn't handle the crawl spaces. Couldn't handle the job. So well done. We need pest control people. And our second story today comes from Haley. When my fiancé was younger, in her teen years, she lived with her mother in a small two-bedroom apartment. During one of those years, she and her mother experienced a haunting from some sort of dark entity. For a full year, they were tormented with horrific nightmares, sleep paralysis, feelings of dread and depression, and even physical attacks by a large dark figure in their home. As we all know, bad energy in a home can draw spirits in. So that's exactly how they think this all started. The year before all of this happened was an especially tough year for Haley, my soon-to-be wife, and Teresa, her mother. Within that year, they had lost three different loved ones, family members, with Teresa going through an incredibly messy and painful divorce. Obviously, they were going through some very harsh times emotionally, And to take her mind off things, Teresa would watch paranormal-themed movies and shows. Hayley believes that these programmes opened her mother's mind to the existence of ghosts and demons, and therefore opened her home to them. Hayley was also a teenager, which most likely didn't help the case. This whole experience started with some feelings. Teresa's room had this sort of ominous aura to it, which then bled over into Haley's room. Haley said that she would be overcome with feelings of dread and anger any time she was alone in her bedroom. This was the only place that she would get these emotions. The rest of the apartment was fine at first. Haley, being a sceptic and someone that hates, and I mean hates scary movies or anything paranormal, figured that she was just imagining things. After some weeks went by of these emotions keeping her up at night and making her uncomfortable in her own bedroom, Haley started having nightmares. These dreams were so horrifying and vivid, she says she could even feel the things happening to her in the nightmare as if it was real. These nightmares snowballed into sleep paralysis, which made things 100 times worse for her. She explained it like this, I would be having a nightmare, I knew it to be a dream, but then I would wake up and be trapped in my own body in my bed, with all of the things that were happening in the dream still going on in my room. She would see a looming dark figure standing at the end of her bed, large enough to take up the entire ceiling above her as well. It would just stand there, staring at her, watching her be tortured by these nightmares. It would then slowly lumber out of the room through her door and she would fall back asleep. 
Many times she would see it when she was laying in bed trying to fall asleep, standing in the doorway, waiting for her to start dreaming. Haley decided to tell her mother about the experiences. Teresa then freaked out because she had been experiencing the exact same thing the entire time, but didn't want to tell Haley so as not to scare her. She was seeing the exact same dark figure, but only in her doorway, which was exactly right next to Haley's room. They then both agreed to try doing something about it. One of the loved ones that the two of them had lost the last year was Haley's great grandmother. They had been incredibly close, and Haley thought of her almost like a second mother. She had also been incredibly religious and left behind prayer beads for the two of them, so they decided to start holding the beads while they laid in bed. This helped for a time, but one night, while Haley was getting in bed, the chain of her beads got caught in the sheets somehow and broke. After her protection was gone, things started getting much worse, as if the dark entity was angry for having been pushed away. Haley started seeing the figure throughout the apartment, at all times of the day. She would be walking around the apartment with her headphones on and would catch a glimpse of the figure around the corner. She would often walk circles around the dividing wall in the middle of the apartment to burn energy when it was too cold or rainy to walk outside, and she would see the figure standing down the hallway near the bedroom, then would walk around the corner and there it was next to the bathroom, then round the corner again where she would see it looming outside the window, watching her all the while. Their cat started acting strangely. Molly, Haley's cat, started meowing late at night, sitting on the end of Haley's bed. She would then jump off and move towards the bedroom door, hissing and batting at something that wasn't there. She even started to chase something invisible around the room, like she was warding off whatever it was that was causing her favourite human so much distress. Haley says this actually helped with the nightmares quite a bit. They started to happen much less often once Molly started sleeping in her room with her. It was as if the cat was some sort of tiny, furry, smoosh-faced protector. But this only helped for a little while. Whatever it was was still in the apartment refusing to leave. Teresa tried having the house saged for some relief, but this only helped for a short time. The dark figure was still looming around every corner, and the feelings of dread and anger still hadn't left the two women. After a while more of the nightmares and dangerous emotions... Haley and her mother started staying up late into the night, saying out loud together, You are not welcome here. Get out of our house. They would repeat this over and over until they couldn't keep their eyes open anymore. A few weeks of them trying the chant, and Haley's nightmares came back with a vengeance. Multiple times she woke up with bruises on her arms and legs. One morning she even woke up with three deep scratches on her back, in a place where she couldn't have reached with her own hands. Molly, the tiny protector, then started getting angry at night, chasing something around the apartment, meowing and hissing all the while. She would perk up each night, right as Haley was about to fall asleep, and sprint off the bed into the hallway. Haley could hear her growling at something, and would often hear things being knocked off shelves and tables. More weeks went by, and desperate for some sort of help, Haley started trying to reach out to her great-grandmother, She would talk out loud to her at night, asking for some sort of guidance about what to do, 
but how to overcome this evil thing that was in their home. She tried and tried to talk to her, more weeks going by. Then one night, right before Haley was about to fall asleep, she said she felt someone sit down on the edge of her bed. She suddenly didn't feel the dread and anger that had been associated with the room anymore. As if a huge weight had been lifted off her chest, she felt her grandmother's hands holding hers. More nights went by, and Haley says the same thing would happen. She would be falling asleep. Then a weight would be felt sitting next to her and warmth would wash over her hands, calming her mind and allowing her to sleep peacefully. The nightmares happened less and less frequently. Molly stopped hissing and meowing at night and the feelings of dread and anger lifted from Haley's bedroom. Eventually Haley and Teresa started feeling better altogether. They think the entity had finally given up and left the apartment, probably tired of being chased and clawed by a tiny smoosh-faced protector. They still have no idea what the thing was or why it was there, but after a year or so it was like it never existed. Teresa ended up getting another smoosh-faced cat and named her Sage, so that the house would always be protected. Haley most likely will never hear this story read by you guys, because even just this podcast is too much for her. She hates scary stuff that much, but she did want to share her story at least. Moral of the story though, if you ever have a seriously bad year, don't immerse yourself in paranormal movies and shows, because you might just let something in. I feel like there's something to be said for what you expose yourself to in times of trouble. Big demons come to you. (laughs) That's two episodes now we've been singing. I'm sorry. Um, You've been singing. I've just been talking with Melody, as always. Uh, (laughs) I don't know to what extent it conjures spirits, but it definitely probably doesn't help to fixate on things. Although I'm a big fixator, so maybe that's just rubbish. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about tulpas. Yeah. That's what it, this kind of feels like. There mm. was so much negative energy. Like they're they're going through serious grief, the trauma of a, of a messy divorce. Yeah. It's almost like they conjured this entity that was like feeding off their misery. And then the cat was like, fuck you, you don't get to do that. It's got the same vibes to it, but it's obviously not a tulpa because I doubt either of them were sitting there going... Oh, I, I want to desperately want to create this entity. <laughs> I want a demon. <laughs> No, I doubt it very much. Because <laughs> they don't sound... I mean, if Hayley can't even listen to our podcast because she's too scared, doesn't sound like the kind of person that would sit around going, must have a demon in my life, must have a demon in my life. But yeah, some serious, like, scary stuff going on there, isn't there? Waking up with bruises and scratches. It's It was the, the word... figure. The word lumber mm. makes me, like, honestly made me cringe. Like the idea of something that big lumbering out of your bedroom. Mm. I mean, that, that thing's in no rush. Although that, that fits, thing's hanging around. And it also, it also fits with your idea of not liking weird movements and stuff, isn't it? Because that's what yeah. you're picturing is, a, is an unnatural lumbering rather than the lumbering that I do every day around the house. No, I'm okay with really that. scared of me. Yeah, I'm just really <laughs> frightened of you lumbering around. Or, why is he moving like that? But I also like the way that after everything, it was a simple plea to the great-grandmother. Yeah, who came and sat on the edge of the bed and said, 
It's okay. I'll I'll sort this out. Don't you worry about it. I also feel like they should trademark Smush Face Protector as well because that sounds like a kid's cartoon character to me. I I I firmly believe that if there was a demon in this house, I firmly believe that Bim would not fight it, and she would sacrifice me to it. Yeah, you'd be protected. She protects you. Yeah, she, she wouldn't would, protect yeah, me. Right. And like me, she probably wouldn't wake up. Yeah, she'd be like. What's that? Is it a demon? Probably a demon. Oh, I'm not really that bothered. <laughs> oh, demons! A demons taken away my mum. Ah, ah, not really that bothered about her. It's fine. And then if the demon even looked at you, she'd be like, "I'm going to poke your eyes out." Don't you look at my daddy? I think you might have a point there. You know? Yeah, I do. Mm. I do have a point. Mm. It's 100 percent true. I'm pretty sure she bites you to protect me anyway. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, most definitely. So thank you to Parker and Haley for sending in your story well Haley by proxy sending in your stories if you enjoyed this week's episode no not this week's episode if you enjoyed today's episode you can find the links to our social media our patreon where you can go and support us for either five dollars or two dollars a month you can find our email address to send us a story you can find the links to all of our merchandise and you can find just pictures of us on our website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com And on that note, we shall see you tomorrow. Bye.